the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up time. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time and Such a time as Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God, reminding ourselves and reminding himself, isn't that good that we have a God that looks at us personally, a personal Lord, a personal Savior, Jesus Christ, our God who, who we can go into that prayer closet, we can cry out to him, we can ask him, and that God that just, and the more I think about it, blows my mind that the God of the entire universe, the God of over everything, has time to listen to what I'm saying and even direct me and and encourage me and lead me. That is amazing. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the second part of this faithful message from Pastor Shane titled, The Three Chord Strand, Wait, Hope, Trust. Deuteronomy 31.8 tells us, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Today, Pastor Shane encourages every believer to fully put their trust in Christ today with total assurance that once God starts a good work in you, he will faithfully bring it to completion. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. All the people that win like the lottery and they're not prepared for it, it destroys them. Or if you leave something for your kids, like if people have a, a living trust, they usually wait for their kids to have anything until they're at least 30 or 35. People say, oh, that's kind of mean. Oh, no, you don't want to give a 20-year-old a lot of income. Hello? Because what do they do? They go from this, you know, humble and gracious and working hard to now their, their, their hearts are set on the riches. It's set on the wealth. The reason is, if you don't, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Not money. We, we all need this. The, me, money at the root is a means of, of, yeah, trading or a means of purchasing things. And, you know, I want this, so I give you this. And it's just a me, it's a, it's a way of to exchange money and what we need, what we want sometimes. And the, the more we begin to, when that becomes our God, when we set our heart on that, then now our decisions are based on that. My goal is based on that. And you'll see it, uh, you, you know, a lot of those guys on TV that are popular, you know, that are always asking for uh, uh, some more donations to buy their next uh, jet. It's just, it, and it, ha- it can happen to anyone, Christians, pastors, leaders, 
They start to, lots of income comes in and they start to set their hearts on that and they have more freedom. They can buy more and do more. And so it's just a reminder. It's a great reminder. If, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And I know this topic is a little controversial, but I tend to believe because of scripture that it's not wrong if God wants to bless his people. You, you, I mean, you just see it throughout Scripture, uh, throughout, especially in the Old Testament. It's not that riches, and that means you have God's favor, and if you're poor, that means you don't. No, there's, there's solid believers in all walks of life. But it appears that God's blessing doesn't always mean a million dollars in the bank. That could mean the washer and dryer working for a long time and the refrigerator not going out and my car working and not accidents and just blessing the, don't you like to just be filled with joy in your home? Not necessarily a big bank account. That leads to depression and misery because the more you own, the more owns you. And if these riches increase, if God decides to bless you, do not set your heart on them. And I don't teach a lot on tithing. Only when it comes up, as you know, we don't pass the plate, we don't push it. God's God's done incredible things ever since we started. But there is something very valuable when we tithe. Or if you don't like the 10%, tithe, whatever. I mean, God loves a cheerful giver, so... Whatever that means, right? But there's something that happens, it happens in me too, where when we give, you know, let's get that wallet out and we give back to God, uh, an amount that kind of hurts a little. You know, it's not, if you're making 300,000 a year and you give 20 bucks a month, they're probably not gonna, and not to the church, I just mean anywhere. Just, you know, Salvation Army, Carinet, I mean, wherever you want to give it. it, it I'm not gonna give God that which costs me nothing. It's a principle. And what giving does, it's a great release on making sure this money doesn't control you. Because when you're giving, let's say, a car payment and living below your means in order to give to God, as God increases you, you're able to give back more and give back more. It's like, a, to me, it's a restrainer. Anybody remember my age or older governors in the cars? Bill, you remember those? Do they still put governors in the cars? Oh, they do. Okay. Well, my dad put on my Chevy Blazer when I was 16, and I can only go so fast. It governed the speed and the fuel that was being released. And my e-bike is governed at 20 miles an hour, and I can't keep up with Tim because of it. It, 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 it governs that. And so that's what giving is. And we people, oh, the church just wants some money. We don't want money. We don't need the money. God has it. But you need to know the spiritual breakthroughs that can happen by giving. It's incredible. It's incredible. It, it's like, hey, this doesn't have a hold on me. I'm going to give back. This doesn't have a hold on me. I'm going to give back. And it's we've been challenged over the years, me and my wife, when we first started giving and, and God would grow things. And it's like, oh, that's a, that's a car payment. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah. But then, but the problem was we wanted to increase our living. Bigger, better, more expensive. And then it was a problem. That's why when riches increase, do not set your heart on them. So there's nothing wrong, I believe, with God blessing His people. Financially, we don't set our hearts on that. It's not part of Christianity, and that's where people get in trouble. You've heard the prosperity gospel. Uh, the reason that's caught a lot of heat is they take something that's somewhat true, <laughs> but then they say, 
God doesn't want you to... I mean, if you're poor, you're not spiritual. There must be lack of faith in your life. Well, that's what do you do with like a billion Christians across the globe? I mean, they're just, can't, they're just not going to... When the bishop came from Africa, we met and for a while and talked... And he talked about how the pastors, you know, they even come to a conference 400 miles away. They'll ride on their bicycle or their motorcycle and they'll sleep in the, in the dirt on these little cots. And you're going to tell them, oh man, you just don't have enough faith? See, that's the damning effect of the prosperity gospel. What happens is God maybe blesses some people. And like, oh, this is what He wants. He's going to do for everyone. All you need to do is believe. All you need to do is give me your first thousand. Right? So do, the bigger seeds you sow, the bigger the return will be. That's the prosperity gospel. It's a warped, it's a warped gospel because there's no, the prosperity gospel shouldn't even be in the same word. The gospel is God, Jesus saving sinners. It has nothing to do with prosperity, rich or poor. But because, and it's only because we live in a place that God has blessed, right? Let's not forget this. We live in a place that God has blessed. And because of that, we reap the, the fruit of the seeds that were planted centuries ago. We are, we are reaping that. And so because of that, the, those who came before us, there are blessings that we can have financially. But the key is, what, and, and that's what, you know, what is... What does God want us to steward? And I believe uh, some people are, can't handle a lot of wealth, and God knows it. Some people can, and they, they're able to just manage it well and give out well, help people out that you don't even know about, making their house payment, uh, buying a car, and God has used them to be a blessing because money doesn't have a hold on them. But when money has a hold on you, we've set our heart on it. So think about it. Even if it's not here, even if it's just a, to a ministry in general, if a person doesn't want to give, yet why? Why just don't trust? Well, find something you do trust. I mean, just, there's got to be a, you know, and, and I've had people come up and they'll say, well, God doesn't believe in tithe anymore. And right, but that shouldn't be an excuse against giving. Because what do you do with God loves a cheerful giver? What do you do with they collected offerings at the churches to help pay for? It's just, there's, we just, we love our money so much that we make excuses and we say things in the Bible that are not there. So again, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And also, wherever God has you, He's got you. You don't have to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. The prosperity gospel says you're always going to be wealthy. And if you're not wealthy, it's because you lack faith. If you're not wealthy, it's because you're not giving. It also says you, you should never be sick. Hmm. And that's a whole other topic. I've got a YouTube video out there, When God Heals and Doesn't Heal. You can watch that for, for more information on that topic. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, in that area as well, they take something that's, you know, it's, it's in the Bible that God with, uh, does heal. God, you know, sickness is part of the curse. But to say that all of us should be healthy and never sick, I mean, there's just so many problems with that as well. And then verse 11, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God alone. Amen? Power belongs to God alone. So as we look to everything going on in our nation, and I just don't want to be a doomsday prophet, but I'm not too sure about 2024. If you look at the financial crisis, you look at the political environment, 
You look at the, the, the open borders and what they have created with the terrorism. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. But I'm reminded that God has power. God has power to convert the terrorists. God has power to uh, help those who cross our border that really need the help and to expose those who are wicked. And we, God can put people in positions of power. And I don't know what that looks like. It's going to be very interesting. I think this will be probably one of the most interesting elections maybe in the history of our country. Maybe in the history of our country because of just the, the political climate is so intense. Um, you know, there, and, and I'll just go on a little tirade here if that's okay. Um, not, not political per se, not party, but just there's, there's a lot of people you need to realize as Christians, you know, um, you know, we have to roll with the punches pretty much. You know, people ask, are you ready for a civil war? I'm like, well, what does that mean? I'm not, grab my gun and go, well, do what? You know, because as Christians, we love and and there's got to be a better way, right? But there's a lot of good people who feel differently. They cannot have another Biden. That's what, I mean, they're they're like, you're going to push this group over, there's like 100,000 veterans that are, ticked off and there's I mean it's like and then you have this other side and that says there's no way in the world we can have Trump again it no matter what it takes and then they're serious and that's why you know I, I it, there could be assassination attempts I believe early on you'll see maybe I don't know but there's both sides are so volatile right now you know you, you either you can look and and, and I see it's like, whoa, this is incredible. Because, because things are so challenging right now. One side blames this group, one side blames this group, and they can't have another four years because either side thinks that person is going to take us down the toilet. And when you, when you start, when banks start, run, runs on the banks or big banks start closing or saying, hey, can't access money this weekend and, and the food shortage. I don't know if you've watched any documentaries on farmers. And how what's happening to a lot of the farming land and things? It's very interesting. Chinese and Bill Gates. It's not conspiracy theories. This is all documented things that are going on. So when 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 food scarcity, and then you've got the political climate, financial issues. Sometimes you can't get to your. You think everyone's just going to be nice and and loving, and it could be. It's it could be very interesting. My point is, power belongs to God. So we look to Him. We trust in Him. Say, Lord, no matter what happens, like Job, you need to get a little Job inside of you that says, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. What can man do to me? If God be for me, what can man do to me? Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his works. I don't need to hear, I don't know who needs to hear this tonight, but it's so important that last sentence, God will render to each one according to his work. What you sow, you will reap. If you're sowing into righteousness, you will reap righteousness. If you're sowing into the flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. It's, it's, it's clear here. God renders to each one. In other words, that word render is he gives to each person according to their work. According to, now you could put this into what we just talked about with finances uh, as well, 
God is a rewarder of those who work hard. I believe in that. I believe that's a biblical, very, very biblical. The people, even in the Old Testament, they worked and they ate. They didn't work. They didn't eat. And then there's people, you know, in the middle, that the, the poor and the, the disabled, they were allowed to go and gather around the edges of the farms and, and we were in there to help them. But it was clear that these people, and that's why even it's, it's ironic that people forget about all these verses that talk about working hard and, and, um, maybe having two jobs. You know, the, 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 you can't go wrong working harder. You can go wrong often getting in lazy mode. And I've been there before, especially when I was younger. Each one according to his work. Each one according to his work. And that could apply in so many different areas. What we talked about financially as well. The more they invest, the more they give. God, And I've noticed the more you give, God gives back. And even when you work hard, God begins to bless that work. What other... Look at... It's just like a farmer. They plant one seed and they get a full crop. God, God multiplies from that one area. And that's how it works. God, God honors hard work, and sometimes it takes a while. That's why they call it pounding the pavement. Remember those days? It's good to do that. And then he, and then he goes right into uh, Psalm 63. Oh God, You are my God. And I won't spend too much time on this one because some of it's repetitive. Oh God, You are my God. Reminding ourselves and reminding Himself, isn't that good that we have a God that looks at us personally? A personal Lord, our personal Savior, Jesus Christ. Our God who, who we can go into that prayer closet. We can cry out to Him. We can ask Him. And that God that just, and the more I think about it, blows my mind that the God of the entire universe, the God of over everything, has time to listen to what I'm saying and even direct me and encourage me and lead me that is amazing i mean it's one thing he saved us and you believe and that's it hey you know i'll see you in heaven someday i don't you know that's it you just kind of lift your life and follow the bible but it's it's a god who's a personal god who directs who leads who guides and that's why early i will seek you early i will seek you i know you you late you late risers this is a little convicting Oh, no amens on that one, right? <laughs> but it's okay. If God has you seeking Him in the late evening, go for it. I think it's whenever you have the highest amount of energy, it's best. You don't give God your lowest amount of energy. You give Him the best. And I think it's E.M. Bounds. I'm going to butcher the quote, but he said something like, He who fritters away the early morning hours will have little headway the rest of the day with God. It's that it's no matter when you get up, it's that op, it's that freshness. The day, the sun coming up, it's that that freshness. Early will I seek you. Remember that word seek. It's like I'm going to look for you as if I lost something or I need to find it. It's so important. On my way here, I heard an analogy by Adrian Rogers and he said if you knew you had a million dollars worth of gold buried in your backyard, would you seek for it? Come on. You'd be stopping by Home Depot and buying a shovel. Not me. I'd be going to Caterpillar and renting a little excavator. That's what I'd be doing. Into <laughs> the whole backyard. But that's how we seek. And the Bible talks about seeking God's kingdom like, like a buried treasure. 
And so early will I seek you just like, oh, if, can you see, see, you have to train your mind. I do too. And get back to saying there's buried treasure in that word of God. There's buried treasure to help me parent and lead my family and lead my kids and, and, and be a better leader and a better whatever you are and, and, and fill in the blank with what you do. It's, it's like finding buried treasure and I will seek him and look for that treasure. Trust me, that will change your whole prayer life, your whole morning focus versus, oh, I guess I gotta get up. Pretty tired. Let me read the Bible. Oh, I'm in Leviticus again. But I'm telling you, there's some hard chapters, but there's some buried treasure in Leviticus. Understanding the Le- Levitical priesthood, understanding that the bull, the blood of bulls and goats, it was shed temporarily, and that just so much, uh, just truth is in there. So my my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you. Wait a minute, I don't think my flesh longs like the flesh is against God. Well, in this case, what he's saying is like my like when I get thirsty for water, my soul thirsts after you in that same way. As my as my body gets hungry, ever been there? Right? It's hungry. It's as as my flesh longs for food, so I long for you. It's like I'm in a dry and thirsty land, and and he's feeling that the weight of what's going on. And sometimes as you've drifted away from God, you can also feel as if you're dying spiritually. But he said, I will seek you. I will seek you. And here's why my soul is thirsty for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So he's paralleling it as if there's no water and he will still seek God because he knows he will find that living water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary. And, and when David wrote this, they would have the temple. It wouldn't look like this, of course. We call this a sanctuary. But they would have the temple. And then inside that temple was the sanctuary. And so he would go some, he would go there and, and look and find God. I would, and then when I went there, I saw your power. I saw your glory. I love that word glory. It means weight. I saw your weight. There's a, there's a heaviness to God, isn't there? I don't know about you, but when I walk into a church, it's a lot different feeling than when I walk into Costco. There's a, there, isn't there? There's a weight. There's a weight. Sometimes I feel like slipping off my shoes, right? It's, this is holy ground. It's, now we know that God's everywhere, but sometimes there's a place where there's some weight. The atmosphere. I talk about this is, is, is electric with this presence. And again, that's biblical. There's many examples. Have you heard of in the verse where his Shekinah glory filled the temple? They couldn't even minister. The priest couldn't, can you imagine? It's so thick. They can't even minister. What's their response to fall down on their faces? Or when God was on the mountain and Moses was there and the whole place shook and the, and, and the dark clouds and that, see, atmosphere matters. Tell me there, that, oh, I would have loved to have been in that upper room when the Holy Spirit fell upon the 120. You, you, you think that atmosphere was just a normal atmosphere? God's glory, His presence, His weight, and we've, we've let weird people rob, of, rob us of these words and of a God-given experience. I believe that, don't you? Sometimes now the church is so worried 
that, you know, I don't want that to happen that I saw on YouTube. Well, neither do I. But there is something very special when God's glory, God's weight is there. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born for such a time as this. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born for such a time as this. Such a time. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.